0: Welcome to our Wednesday night cheer. There was a audio and a video problem. hope everything works out well. Um, I'd like to give a shout out. Congratulations. I'm <laughs> a good Hasechola. A good, a great beginning. It's interesting to note that there are a few girls, not only in Atlanta, Georgia, but a few in Brooklyn as well, that Baruch Hashem, from the influence of this household, started lighting candles this week. So uh, may the light, the light light up in their households, and may it go from strength to strength. So it brings about the light, the ultimate light, the light of the Geula, the light light of the redemption, with Mashiach Zedkeno, and these girls will stand there in the forefront with their lights in their hand, and they will tell Mashiach, look what I've done for you, to bring you closer, to bring you quicker, and indeed, they will be right to say so. today was a Sason. obviously I never met her I, either she passed away while well, she was living in Azerbaijan or maybe she had just gotten here whatever it was but um, family, grandchild still remembers her and it's the grandchild oh, we do have something tonight I was wondering and the grandchild well, it's not your birthday though Come on the other side. And the grandchild Bar Hashem asked that Kadesh be said. And Qadish was indeed said. And Chaim was said. And her Nashama and Aliyah. And she should bring blessings for the entire family. It's Rosh Hashanah. Here comes Rosh Hashanah. Now truthfully. That should be said with great trepidation. And the trepidation, of course, needless to say, <coughs> has a rightful source. And the rightful source is the shafer has been blowing for 22 days. We've
1: been.
0: Week, <laughs> you don't know I just walked in here
1: <laughs> I gotta turn,
0: got turn the camera for a moment
1: You'll be covered for a
0: couple of weeks now This way there won't be announced Fresca, fresca, we need fresca, fresca All my kingdom for fresca. yes. Moshe Halevi Just Baruch Hashem Brought us two cases of fresca
1: Nice uh, To keep
0: us frescaing for, for a while um, He doesn't realize that next Wednesday night we're not giving a share. I know.
1: That's, <laughs> why, that's why I brought it this way because next Wednesday night is my father's
0: sheminiatet. Uh next Wednesday night is so father. That's why. Water shashana.
1: Yeah.
0: First shashana.
1: So, first or second? So I take kaddish.
0: Wow. I'm sure the uh, community is very happy you don't try to dive in for the almonds. Dive in very slowly.
1: Santa <laughs> yeah, Monica. You know,
0: very nice. His father's name was.
1: <laughs> what
0: is his name? Moshe bin Moshe Alevi. And Shamash have an Aliyah. And we'll have an Aliyah throughout from now for another few weeks at least because we're going to be drinking his freska. We're going to say the Chaim every time we drink his freska, B'lanela. <laughs> that is a uh, surprise. Okay. I thought your wife would give and No, put it no, up. no. Actually, the truth is, I mean, you know, you could have put it in the fridge or something.
1: <laughs> I just came from France. <laughs> I thought you would have ice. Do <laughs> we have any ice? I no. just
0: picked it up from Canada. No know ice. Know. Okay. <laughs> we <don't have> <laughs> this week, this Shabbos, you okay? Let's go. Let's go. as we said, <laughs> it's the last Shabbos of the year can things <laughs> all the bags that are showing up here now these are just films. they're not edible although they make edible films. you have this what are
1: these
0: two, two. two. Okay, put it over there on the side please and thank you very much for going all the way to, to, to New Jersey to bring it up. The last Shabbos of the year, as we said,
1: all those guys online are not stand here. stand with great trepidation,
0: they're missing it. We're eh? gonna have to say make up the missing
1: brachos. <coughs> they're missing.
0: where they are. 22 days of hearing the Shafa on a daily basis, except for Shabbos, of course. And the message of the Shefah telling us, wake up, children. Prepare yourselves. Know the new year is coming. Amen. Now the truth is, Baruch Hashem, we have someone on staff over here, not on staff, but in our circles, amongst us, that can tell us that a new year can come and go, but things tend to carry over. There's a carry-over policy. And that carry-over policy... Has only X amount of time that becomes a statue of limitation. Now, when you're dealing with the let us say, for example, the IRS, (laughs) they don't forget you so fast. They'll come find you years down the line where you think you forgot. You think that my three years? Three years is the word, works for the IRS. I <clears> thought 4 years uh, we said 3 years, Moshe, good news <laughs> you're almost finished <laughs> 3 years and it's totally forgotten if they didn't catch up to you after 3 years you're scot-free how amazing could that be after 3 years we got some good stuff here after 3 years to look back and say that you are now swept under the carpet the new year Rosh Hashanah Baruch Hashem takes on a totally different dimension we don't get backtracked we don't get researched into years and years and years prior we are told Rosh Hashanah is here a new year a new slate Albeit preparing for the new year is obviously going to pad the way for the blessings that we are looking for as the new year comes about now we sit in shul and we ask for a year. We stand in shul and we ask for a new year. We ask for new blessings. We ask for things to change. In America, we had that six, years, five years ago. We got change. Why did we get change?
1: Short change.
0: The White House wasn't painted black yet, so the full change is not ready. <laughs> <laughs> but we have change. One of the Obamacare is on its way. It's all about the change. But the bottom line, when it comes to Rosh Hashanah, we tell God we're going to change. We told the story many times. So Moshe is excited that he's going to hear it beforehand knowing that the story was told before already and probably can give us the exact date and when it was told. Now the fellow that had a restaurant and his restaurant needed suppliers. Those of you who have restaurant businesses you will know the different suppliers that a restaurant needs. You need to have a meat supplier, chicken supplier, poultry, fish, vegetables, utensils, plates, pots, pans. I almost sound like I own a restaurant. For Baruch Hashem, in our kitchen, sometimes we cook like one. Anyway, a great plus, In today's society, in today's economy, actually, I don't know, out out of Brooklyn, I don't know what it looks like. I don't know if you have it as often as commonplace. In Brooklyn, the in thing is the one-stop shop. The place that you can go into and buy everything. Your fruits, your vegetables, your drinks... Your meats, your chicken, your fish, your whatever it is you need, you'll go out of the store with everything. You don't have to go to another store for paper goods, for, for anything. They have even electrical outlets in somewhere in the store. The one stop. This is the new trend. This is the economy. This is what makes it today. People don't like to trudge around. Now you still have. <laughs> When I got married, I found out how this works. We have people that know how to shop. What does it mean how to shop? They can tell you where orange juice is cheaper, where grapefruit is cheaper, where the grapes are cheaper, and not only do they know this, but they use it. They use it. They go from this store to that, so they won't buy orange juice in the store a mile away because it's three and a half cents more than the store in the other end of town. When they need orange juice, they go to the other end of town to get their orange juice. Sometimes they don't count in their
1: <coughs>
0: time, their effort, their gas. That doesn't really matter. I know I didn't pay that price. That price I'm not paying. Buying this restaurateur found an all in one supplier. This guy gave him everything he needed. There was nothing in this restaurant that he didn't get from this one supplier. No. Obviously, when you're such a good customer, you build up a rapport. Now, I would like today, in today's day and age, because people are so computer savvy and um, they all have spell checks even on their phones, even for text, <laughs> I would tend to dare some people to write down on a paper, spell the word rapport, you come up with some really good interesting results, and then the other half people don't know what it means, so that's irrelevant. Because then I understood having a rapport with anybody. Um, He built up a rapport with the supplier to such a level that they came to an interesting agreement. You get some suppliers, they supply you things, and you have to pay after a week. Some are COD. I know a lot of those. Or maybe they only know me. Could be it's only because of me they do that. Then you have people that give you 30 days. And then there's all different types of terms 60 days, 90 days. So I'm getting a report when this was told. No, no.
1: Repair no. And re- repair. no, that's your You got it wrong. You
0: see that? You can't get it. R A P. Try. R A P O R. R A P. It's not R-A-I, What? I-P. No, it's not. <laughs> Everybody's starting to pay spend spell rapport. Okay. And then it says recot and repose and repair. <laughs> and okay.
1: can he get that.
0: He developed with this fellow rapport that they didn't pay he didn't have to carry him thirty days, sixty days, ninety days. He paid him once a year. Once a year. Every day he came shopping by him, every day he needed something else for the restaurant. And there was a full bookkeeping page for this fellow. Came at the end of the year. And he paid him his bill. This relationship grew. It was amazing. Year after year, it became almost a ritual. On a certain set date, he showed up and he paid his bill. Kala Then came the year. Baruch Hashem, the owner of the restaurant, made two weddings in that year. And Baruch Hashem, he had a a mitzvah as well. Unfortunately, the restaurant truck broke down and he had to buy a new truck. Unfortunately, because of weather, the sidewalk cracked in front of the restaurant. And had to change the whole sidewalk. He had a few unfortunate circumstances and a few, Baruch Hashem, very beautiful circumstances. And the end of the year came. And whereas he always had his money saved up and readily came to pay. Hayelah Deinenah, there was no money to pay. He charged his way to the house of the wholesaler. He knew that there was no choice in the matter, he had to face him today. Today was the day, and he did not, he dreaded hiding. So he went to the man's house, and the man, obviously a wholesaler of such a magnitude, owned a palatial home. Now, for those of us that live here in Brooklyn, don't understand palatial home, maybe in Simcha Monica they have a palatial home. Like you say in the in in in, in the theater, in the theater, 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 the movies, a home with big staircase going up, with with spiral staircases on the side, with beams and and, and, and the whatever you want to call well, them, the and canopies. We're talking about the outside. Who's going into the chandeliers That's and all the outside. different scanzas and everything across the yards and the garden and the flowers and the. Just an amazing, amazing thing. And he came up the path, and he walked up the stairs, and he trudged up the stairs, rather. And he got to the door, and he rings the bell, and he's hoping and praying that a butler is going to open the door so he can go into the house and tell his sorry story. To his dismay, disdain, and despair, sure. the man himself opens the door. The man looks at him and says, He how wonderful you're here it's that day of the year mm-hmm. before he could say a word he bursts out crying and he stood there bawling like a baby and crying and crying and finally the wholesaler says to him "Maisha, stop, stop what is it? what is this crying about? and he's sobbing and he barely gets words out through the sobs I don't have the money it was a, a hard, very hard year I don't have your money the man looks at him and he takes out a paper from his pocket and he says, Moshe, this year was $129,000. Mm-hmm. Moshe starts to tremble, he's ready to faint. 129000 he knows what the Cheshwin is. Why is he telling this to me? He's going to really give it to me. And the man says to him, Mysha, we're good friends, I love you dearly. I am wiping the slate. I am forgiving you $129,000. I'm giving it to you. I'm granting it to you as a gift. You have now a gift, $129,000. Malaysia now is in more shock than he was before. He's standing there staring at the man. He can't believe what he just heard. And... He grabs him, and he hugs him, kisses him on both cheeks, and he says, it should be a successful year. Next year, God willing, you'll pay up on time. <coughs> Maisha walks down the steps, and he's in a, a fantasy world. He can't believe that just happened. Ironically, a person is walking by on the street. And he hears and sees this exchange. He sees him crying and bowling and bowling and crying, and the guy grabs him and says, what's the matter? And he hears him tell some kind of story, and the guy says, I'm giving you a gift of $129,000. The guy says, "Eh, I can cry. The guy goes up the steps, and he rings the bell, and the man opens the door again, and he sees the stranger, and the stranger looks at him and starts crying and bawling and crying and crying. This says, young man. What's the matter with you? Well, oh, he's crying. He's crying. This a young man. What happened to you? And he's crying and he's crying. Finally, the young man says, "I need thirty thousand dollars." He looks at the man and he says, "You're Meshiach, but you're not thirty thousand dollars. Who are you? I don't even know your name. Where, where are you coming from?" And he says to the man, he says, I don't understand. What do you mean? I cried just like the other guy, this Moshe. And I heard you tell him when he was crying that you're giving him a gift, $129,000. I'm asking you only for $30,000. You can't give me a gift. I cried just like he did. The man says to him, Chukam, my dear genius, that man, comes to me on a daily basis I see him every single day for years and years on end I see him coming to me not just once, twice, sometimes thrice a day he comes to me and we interact and we work together for years he's been loyal and faithful to me one time he comes to me and asks me for such a heart rendering favor I can't deny him I can't refuse him The man walked away, obviously, in shock and empty-handed. But the story really is only a parable. And the lesson is Rosh Hashanah. We have those people that are called Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur Jews. The Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur Jews come to shul only Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur. Only Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, they show up to Shul. And even then, if it's a good weather on Yom Kippur, they might go play golf instead. Yeah, it's only they come to Shul, and they say, They listen to the fellow next to them. And the man next to them is saying, shalei, I need this, I need this. Panossa and Shidduchim and whatever it is the guy needs. The fellow is crying and beseeching God. So he says the same thing. He repeats exactly what the guy next to him is saying. The says to you, my child, you come twice a year, three times a year, I see you. And you are going to ask for something that the guy who comes every single day, three times a day, is asking for the same on the same level. But well, the truth is, the Baal Shem Tov us that just that is the truth. That the Almighty does not say that to His children. Whereas common sense dictates such a reaction, the Almighty does not have such a reaction to His Jews, to His children. For every Jewish child, every Jewish man and woman, is precious by the Almighty. And therefore, when they show an iota of of repentance, the Almighty comes through with more and more and more. Peschili, open for me, says the Almighty. Show me like the needlehead that you are ready to do, and you are ready to try, and I will show you, I will open to you the gates of heaven. Therefore we see in this week's Parsha, which is always a Parsha that is read before Rosh Hashanah. Ahem. We have frozen people. A Pasha that is read before Rosh Hashanah. Nitzabim. Atem nitzavim Mayim Kulchem And also it's usually coupled together with Pashas Vayelech Which sometimes we have trepidation and we fear, we fear Going to Shul when we hear there's two pashas to be read Will we ever get out of Shul? But yes. I got good news That the two pashas coupled together are only 70 Pesukim So it's shorter, these two Pashas together Than an average Pasha that we have on an average year <coughs> Nitzavim Hayeyim Kulchem You stand before me today. And next Pasha, Vayyelech, Moshe, Moshe has gone. Now, imagine yourself in the army and your commanding sergeant is calling out orders. It says, stand up, sit down, stand up, sit down, stand up, sit down. It gets very annoying and it's very hard on the knees, I'm sure. (laughs) Nitzavim ayayim, we are standing, and vayayalech, and going. Where do these two come together? How do they come as one? And the mitzvahs that we have amongst the mitzvahs of the Pashas, we have the mitzvah of HaKel Es of gathering the nation. And we have the mitzvah of writing the Sefer Teda. Each and every Jew has a mitzvah to write a Sefer Teda. But to write a Sefer Teda in case you've checked the economy lately, it's around $40,000. To this there are many solutions. One solution that ever put out for everyone is to purchase even one letter in a Sefer By purchasing one letter in a Sefer a person has a part of his Seyfateida that considers his. At a simpler level of solution, by us in the Yeshiva, we have a Seyfateida, and not all the parashas were sold. I don't remember which ones are still available. We can look them up. Anyone has a Bar Mitzvah or any Pasha that's dear to them, that they would like to purchase, we sold the parashas, obviously, for a thousand dollars. And the Seyfetera is several years old now, we wrote it about 12 years ago, but it's used every day in Yeshiva, every Monday, Thursday in Yeshiva, and um, anyone that still would like to purchase a Parsha in that Sefer is more than welcome to do so. What is it? It's a
1: letter from Basha.
0: And so, the Seyfetator unites the Jewish nation. Rabbi Yosef Weinberg, a blessed memory, was a Chabad Chassid, a very powerful one, a very powerful orator, a brilliant man, spoke on the radio, gave a tanyashir on the radio, on Shabbos, that the Rebbe had a fabrengen, a chazili gathering, on Matzah Shabbos, Rabbi Weinberg, instead of his tanyashir, gave chazorah of the fabrengen. He repeated the fabrengen, and told over exactly what the Rebbe said in each Sikha. excuse me, and what happened, in case anything else happened during the Fabian it was amazing how the man was able to do that and his Tanya Sheer was incomparable he gave a Tanya Sheer, it looked like he was walking together with the Alter Rebbe and it's ultimately it's printed his lessons in Tanya his in-depth explanation of Tanya Rabbi Weinberg was asked once to come to speak by Akhnasa Sefer Teira a completion of a Sefer a whole dinner, ceremony, etc. He traveled and he spoke. He made a beautiful impression, of course, a tremendous Kiddush Lubavitch. When he came came back, he came to 770. (laughs) My son was looking up today, Eastern Parkway, to see what does the, I don't know, Wikipedia, I don't know what you're looking on. What well, Wikipedia, says about Eastern Parkway. And it says there are v- some very, very important sites on Eastern Parkway, one of which is 770. <laughs> we to
1: figure out if
0: it's doesn't say what it is. It just says, not <laughs> Chum Shabbos, it's uh, Shesalab. Shesalab. Yes. That's okay. Tonight I went to a, ch- a Hasana. Also, we have very, very interesting people that quote things like that. And the uh, woman wanted to tell the photographer what time the Kabbalah Spanem is. And she got somewhere between Kabbalah's punim and Badekin. She mixed up all the words together, and she told the, kh- the photographer that the Badikus chometz is going to be at five thirty. <laughs> so the photographer said, "That's wonderful. Should I bring a feather and a spoon?" <laughs> <laughs> all right, we have all kinds. Rabbi Weimar spoke. He told about Chavakav what happened, about the Akhenat Sefer it was a beautiful <laughs> ceremony, how he spoke, and he told Rabbi Chavikav that he had said, Sefer is compared to the Jewish nation, just like, a Sefer must be complete, all its words, and if heaven forbid a word is missing, then the Torah is rendered unfit. So too is the Jewish nation. Every Jew counts. No. The next day, the Bechadik of Surah by Weinberg, and he asked him to come to his office Aha. I have to retract before we're talking about the IRS so we don't say the rules are wrong that if one didn't do his tax return the IRS doesn't forget that you gotta do your tax returns um, but forgiveness of debt is a taxable in- income. In other words, if they forgive you on a certain debt of $10,000, 20000 you have to pay taxes on that debt. <laughs> Next year. Yeah.
1: Thank you very much.
0: <laughs> anyway, Rabbi, Rabbi Hadakov, the Rabbi Secretary, told him, I relate to the Rebbe what you said. I told the Rebbe what you spoke about, Sefer And the Rebbe said you should have reworded it. You worded it wrong. Not chas Shalom to compare a Sefer unfit to a Jew that is missing from the fold. But rather... The sefetera is as if a sefetera was a covered letter. There was some dirt, there was a speck of something on the sefetera. And therefore, as the balkari came to this word, he has to stop, because he can't read it. And as he stops, he just has to take the gartel or his talus, and wipe off that dust from the word. (coughs) And by doing so, he can continue reading. But chas to say the Sefer was ever at any time unfit. And so too is every Jewish person. A Jew who chas Shalom is not yet observant, is not considered, not Jewish, chas Shalom is not considered, not part of the nation, but rather a Jew that is covered, a Jew that, is, that needs to be cleaned, that needs to be cleansed, and that can be cleansed, and once he's cleansed, he joins once again the Jewish ranks. This was the Rebbe's interpretation of how if you're going to compare the Jews to the Sefer how one should look at it. No Jew, Chas HaShalom, is considered non-existent because they don't practice. No Jew, Chas HaShalom, is considered a lowliness or anything less than a perfect Jew, than a beautiful Jew. Because the Jew has his beautiful, holy neshama. The beautiful, holy soul is in the Jew. And his body has the merit to embody this beautiful Holy Nishama, this Holy Soul. And therefore, we just need to rent to rinse it, to cleanse it, so that it can strive, so that it can work to become what it needs to become. Similarly, a story of the Sefer Teira. The Altar Rebbe, the first Chabad Rebbe, wrote a Sefer and in turn when he passed away he gave it to his son
1: <coughs>
0: and his son who was interred in Nezhen Sefer was in the city of Nezhen in the olden days see we have this is a very interesting shir today Because first we had to talk about forgiveness of debt and the IRS rules. And now we're going to go to another member of the Skype. He's not present here, but he's on Skype. In the olden days when the fire broke out, it was a catastrophe. We didn't have the wonderful firefighters or the volunteer firefighters. We didn't have such meritorious chiefs that came to the rescue and control. In those days, the fire brigade was the entire town. (coughs) Everybody had to run, get water, buckets. And the concern (coughs) was that within hours, an entire town could be grazed. The houses were made out of wood.
1: In California, they're fighting enough.
0: California, they fight fire, fire, the, the forest fires, oh, the fires tend to come down and they, they just turn the place over, huh, is and they wreak havoc, so in those days, when a fire broke out, it was lookout, because the fire, jelly rings are there. The fire could consume the entire city within minutes. Everybody was running for their own lives, their own houses. One fellow, the Al Rebbe's grandson, ran out and realized that he has to save his grandfather, Seyfataydah so he ran straight for the shul but when he got to the shul he realized he forgot at home the keys to the Arun Kadesh the keys to the Holy Ark now what? it was bolted, it was a lock and as he came in he saw the flames are starting to come in through the windows the smoke was starting to fill the shul quickly And as he starts to get towards the Arun maybe he's going to break off the lock. He sees someone standing by the Arun Kedesh, unlocking the lock with a key. Unlocking the lock, opening the Holy Ark, taking out that special Sefer And when the person turned around to give it to him, he saw that it was his grandfather, the Altarebbe himself, who was already not in this world for 30 years he had come from Gan Eden to see to it that his Sefer was saved so when we have the Mitzvah of Sefer in this week's aziz, it is something that a person has the right to themselves that within themselves they should have etched a Sefer that they should live by it that they should breathe by it, that they should exist with the words of the Taylor. The other mitzvah is the mitzvah of Hakil, of gathering the Jews. This took place in every seventh year, and it was a commonplace happening, it was a very big happening. And they all came to Jerusalem, everybody came to the Holy Temple. So the question, of course, is why towards the Tzavim Vayelech, Hazinu, the last, and tail end of the Parshas, tail end of the Tater does the Tera wait to tell us about this mitzvah? They were commanded this mitzvah only when they went into it show But there were many such mitzvahs that they had to do only in Israel. Why is this one mentioned at the end, while the rest are mentioned prior? Der says when it comes to this mitzvah of Hakel, gathering the Jews, <speaking in Hebrew> that we have to We are obligated to prepare our hearts to hear, our ears should hear, to to feel, and our ears should hear, as if this very day was given in Sinai. And a person must see himself as if they themselves are commanded by this very Mitzvah, and they heard this from God Himself. So we see by the hakel, when the king opened the Sefer Tera and read from the Tera for everyone to hear. This was as if they were standing at the Mount Sinai itself. Why wait so long to tell us such a great mitzvah? Elamay, we understand from this that this mitzvah was not the same as all other mitzvahs that were given. All other mitzvahs depended on going into the Holy Land. All of the mitzvahs that depended on going into the Holy Land was a condition, a place, and a time when this obligation had to be done. That one was not obligated to do these mitzvahs until they entered the land. <coughs> but going into Etzisrael was a cause and an obligation of this mitzvah. The boundary of the mitzvah of hakel. It's when the Jews go from a place that they receive the Torah, which is the desert, to a place where they can learn and practice it, into the Holy Land. And the same when they go over from the hands of Moshe Rabbeinu, the leadership of Moshe, who received the Torah, to the leadership of Yeshua, his disciple. It has to be as if we are still standing on the holy by the holy mountain. As the Torah tells us, where are my tables coming from? Uh-huh. lezarzan <laughs> To strengthen and to enforce them in the midst of the Torah. And from this we understand why the Torah waited till here. When the time when Moshe Rabbeinu was passing away... In the time when Moshe Rabbeinu was giving over to Yeshua, so therefore this mitzvah is different than all the other mitzvahs in the land that go dependent on the land, and this mitzvah is special in the way that it's now a mantle which is being given over, but given over in the same level. The person has to feel by Hakel the same way they felt with Moshe by Har Sinai. That's how they have to feel with Yeshua. And with any other king, when they read from the Torah, and the time of hakkel in seven every seven years, where the Yidin gathered to Yerushalayim to be Eidelregel, to come to pilgrimage to the Holy Yerush- base Hamigdash, and the and the Melech Hamashiach would read, Melech Hamashiach would read from the Sefer Torah. When he read the laws and he read everything from the Sefer Torah, it was not just. It was not just a reading, but rather this was just like when Moshe brought it down on Sinai. We talk about Shiva. When we'll come to the land, Yevayu it will come upon you the bracha v'haklola, the blessing and the curse. And then, then you will return to God. And a person, God forbid, is cursed. A person, God forbid, has something horrific happen to them. They have it very easy to turn and they say, God, help, I'm sorry, I sinned, I did something wrong, please forgive me and get this problem or this curse away from me. But here the Torah tells us, when the bracha will come upon you, then you will see to all of a sudden repent. Where does the bracha cause us to repent? In the Sif Sikain, on the Teda, he writes, We have to ask Yesh Desheu. Just this question the kulala definitely brings the chuvah. Where does the bracha? But let us look at the continu- continuation of the pasukim. The Torah continues and writes as follows. It, according to the, we derive from the rest of the Torah, what it says thereafter, the feeling, the pain of this Klala awakens the sinner to do Tshuva. How much so? To full heart and full soul how does one come to repent when one is pushed to the wall when one, God forbid goes through a hard trial, tribulation through something suffering the person tends to repent the ter- person tends to do only good From this, you therefore understand why the klala comes after the bracha, why the curse comes after the blessing. According to the nature of the person, when something painful happens to a person, after something very good happens to the person, it's much harder to receive it's much harder to accept. And the pain is that much greater. When a wealthy person, Achman al God forbid, loses his fortune, it's a horrific pain. A person needs to figure out how to cope with that. When a person, Achman al is always poor, it's easy to complete the Mishnah that says, Ezehu Ashir, HaSameach Bechelkoi. Who is wealthy? One who is happy with his lot. Why is it easy? Because this is my lot, I always ate. yesterday's. you know, (laughs) the beggar that comes into the restaurant, and he says, I have no money for food, but I am starving. The manager tells him, do you mind yesterday's soup? He says, I don't mind yesterday's soup. He says, Okay, good, come back tomorrow. <laughs> you get yesterday's soup tomorrow? Today we're not giving anything to you. So when the person feels that all their life, they always rely on yesterday's soup, they always rely on the favor, they always lived off hand me downs, of handouts, getting things from other people. Or just last-minute miracles always. Every time something has to be paid for, and we're in despair, and the hands are thrown up, and all of a sudden a miracle occurs, and somehow money comes for it. It's not hard to be Sameach B'chalkai. To smile, to live, because I'm used to this. I'm immune to it. Yes, granted, sometimes it gets... Worse and the hand gets around your neck and you're throttling and you're choking and you're trying to figure out how do I crawl out of this. But you can overcome it because you're there. You're there so often. When a person very wealthy all of a sudden can't pay a bill, all of a sudden can't survive and can't live Rahman, it's horrifically painful. At that point the person feels how much he has to repent. At that point, the curse takes that much more of an effect. But, let us call a spade a spade. We are looking now to Rosh Hashanah, to a new year. We're not interested in the curse. We don't want to hear about the curse. We only want to hear about the bracha. We only want the blessing. And we ask the Almighty to give us the blessing... (coughs) And the Taylor tells us, and she says, mm-hmm. When is a prayer really heard? When we pray for somebody, something, that you are in the similar predicament. Mm-hmm. And you pray for the other person to get out of that predicament. Mm-hmm. Says the Tata that your prayers are answered first. Now what happens if I'm not in that predicament?
1: Yeah. Yes. They used to
0: say I love you. When does that happen when they're both in the different in the same predicament? Where a person needs money or a person needs other blessings or whatever the blessing is shidduch, children, whatever the blessing might be, and they can daven for somebody else that is in the same predicament as they are because they know what it feels like. They know what it's like to be in this predicament and therefore they want the other person not to be in this predicament. And they daven full-heartedly that the other person should also not suffer like they do. At that point tells us that, that if a person prays for somebody else and they need the same blessing, God answers their blessing first. God answers their request and their prayer first. But the fact is, it's also a beautiful saying and story. We want to tell God this Rosh Hashanah. Enough. If you could spell in Hebrew, in English, with Hebrew letters, I guess the word over would be spelled ayin Vav Vez Over? Over la, la Secher. To be over it would be I involve And if you want to spell the word do. To do something or, the bill is due, you spell it dalid yud vav. So I guess that tough shinayin dalid Rashi Tevis is tehe Nas overdue. That everything is already overdue. Enough we're overdue with Mashiach we're overdue shidduchim. we're overdue with children, everyone needs to be blessed with what they need, they need to be blessed with their children, they need to be blessed with Shadduchim, they need to be blessed with parnasa. Jewish children need to only be blessed, and only to bless others, and therefore, thereby the father the Father who is Avinu Sheba Shemayim, God Almighty, has to answer the prayers and say Amen, has to see to it that it brings into fruition, Hashem kol Mishalis the Teva to fulfill everything that we request, everything that we're asking for, to a full-hearted state. Amen. Soon.
1: Amen.
0: When it comes to Tshuva, as it's Rosh Hashanah, we talked about Tshuva, the concept of Chuva the Yamada tells us, for those keeping score at home, the yuma, be'is, <laughs> 86 side 2. <laughs> and Rashi explains over there as well. Tshuva can be done two ways. Tshuva mi'ava and Tshuva mi'yirah. Tshuva out of love, and chuva out of fear. When one does tshuva out of love, for they love Hashem and they want to repent, then says the Al-Terebbe as well, (inaudible) Z'dayna is le'kizachis. Not only are our sins forgiven, but all, just all the negativity caused by the sin becomes positive. It becomes merit for us. We elevate them. And the sin is totally uprooted to an extent that not only we no longer see the sin, but now we have reward for what was done, because tshuva was done properly. So this tshuva, this repentance, this returning, (coughs) causes that the sin to begin with never existed. We have to understand this Gimara. There's a a generalisation clause in the world that a cause has to have something to begin with. The cause, the Sibah, comes before the Savior. The cause has to have something that comes before the result. An action before the result. In that case, how is it possible that Shuvah should be a sibba, a cause, that should totally eradicate the, the evil of the sin. That so much so that to begin with it is no longer a sin. After a certain time. So from this we have to understand and the explanation is simple. This generalization, that we know that you can't do something retroactive, You can't do something, undo something that was done. That's only when we want to do something new with this. Something that did not happen before. But when you just want to clear up what happened before, that even something that happens later, can rectify and justify and clear up what happened prior. And this is the case here as well. Every single Jew from his mahus, his essence and his inner soul is only good and holy. But in the time when the person sins, his true essence goes into hiding. Because a person doesn't want to sin, a person can't sin. Because sinning is totally against his holy soul. And since, this is how it's understood, that a person can do repentance through love, through Ava, and thereby cause that he eradicates totally what happened before, that a person does not have to, Make a dover choddish, does not have to make a new existence, a new creation from what happened before. He just has to clear up, purify, and elevate the good and bring out the good of the holiness. Then, therefore, even what happened before when the person's goodness was in hiding and chet, the word chet is a sin, which means that the person had something missing there was a missing link, then the person can bring about such a repentance that even what happened before becomes eradicated. We don't eat nuts on Rosh Hashanah. Those don't eat until the, the, the end of the Satsum Chuva. <laughs> Some don't eat until Rosh Hashanah Ego is a nut. is the same numerical value as the word Chet sin and therefore they don't eat nuts but there are many things that people eat Rosh Hashanah, and the Sephardim have more of a custom than the Ashkenazim of different things and they say Yehiratsim for each one of these things it should be God's will and the Sephardim for example won't eat um, any kind of nuts with dates especially the single people because they don't want to have a nutty date <laughs> and be, There's some people that eat raisins raisins and celery together and they say Yehidratzim should be raisin, celery. And all the other Yehidratzim that we say, the main thing is the Teva the that this year should be renewed to us. this year should be blessed for us. And it should be a year of blessings, of bracha, of ava, of gedula, of dveikus, of uh, haid, and all the other letters, as the Kayim brings down, of every single letter of the alphabet, a different form of a bracha, and that we should merit, that this Shabbos should be nitzavim, and the vayelach, we should stand and hear, the reading of the Tera, Tera Hadash HaMaiti in Yerushalayim, in HaKedesh, Shana Teva, it should be a good year, we should be inscribed, and we should be sealed. And since next week, obviously, there's no shir. Shana Teva, and see to it that everyone that you know around you, any Jewish friends, children, men, women, that they hear the Shafer on the two days of Rosh Hashanah, because there's no problem two days this year, it's Thursday and Friday, even in Israel. <laughs> Have a good Kibanshar and long and happy life. Shabbat tova and Shabbat shalom.